Dungeons and Drimbus is rated R for rude language, rough violence, and raunchy humor. Today's episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. What if comparing car insurance rates was as easy as putting on your favorite podcast? With Progressive, it is. Just visit the Progressive website to quote with all the coverages you want. You'll see Progressive's direct rate, then their tool will provide options from other companies so you can compare. All you need to do is choose the rate and coverage you like. Quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Comparison rates not available in all states or situations. Prices vary based on how you buy. Hey everyone, it is your friendly neighborhood GM, John Carlo Herrera here, and today I wanted to tell you about an awesome show called Looters. It is an actual play podcast where a hilarious cast of friends go on dramatic, action-packed, sci-fi western adventures in a universe full of different factions vying for control over the Outer Rims. I love a good sci-fi western mix, the cast is so much fun to listen to, and it's played on the Stars Without Number game system, which is really fun to hear in audio. I really think listeners of Drimbus would enjoy it, so please... Check out this trailer, and if it intrigues you, go check them out at looterspodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, enjoy. Hey, we're the Looters. Hey, what's up? Looters is a sci-fi western actual play podcast using the Stars Without Number system. We're a group of friends getting into trouble all over the universe. So come with us if you're into adventure. A rocket flies out of one of these ships far behind you and crashes into the wall and blows up. There's rockets? It's Mario Kart. Crazy. Intrigue. Can I hack into the body and maybe see if they have, like, a memory data bank in their brain or some shit like that that I can access? That'll literally. (laughs) Devastating physical injury. (laughs) Just Uh, take cover. Okay. She's a good pilot, everyone. (laughs) She's very good. And And friendship. New episodes of Looters out every Tuesday, wherever you get your podcasts. I do declare, here's what happened previously on Dungeons and Drimbus. After auditioning and purchasing some horses, Thomas and Tyronicus head to Until Dawn Pond to meet with Gary with two R's to secure some funds. While there, they discover that Gary is actually Tyronicus's father. Or is it Barry? I'm not quite sure. After gathering some money, they rest for the night and head out toward the town of Lacos to meet with Monique's contact. Upon arriving at the tavern, they find a hooded man reading a book at the bar, who Thomas immediately recognizes as his uncle, Richard Edgeworth. I do declare, your honor is back in Saturn. May justice prevail. Thomas, you stare at your uncle. Richard Edgeworth, older, bearded, with a streak of gray running down his chin to match his soft gray eyes. What do you do? Uh, Uncle? What? Uncle Richard? Wait, Wait. are you Thomas? Oh, oh, I, okay, so yes, I do look like a skeleton right now. It's me, it's Thomas. 
What happened to you? Uh, a staff broke. I turned into a skeleton. There's a, a living being god inside of me. Like, the, the whole bit. But it, the point is, where, where have you been? Oh my goodness, I haven't seen you in years. Right. Uh, you know, 15 to be exact, uncle. Well, well yes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you weren't there when my parents died. I was. I was. Right. I just wasn't there after You weren't around very much when I was alone and by myself and had no parents, but... I'm... I know. I'm sorry, Thomas. It was a difficult time for me. For me, too. I was 11. Well, I was... A boy. Fair point. Yeah. Um, but... Look at you now. You're... Well, you look very old. Half dead. Yeah. Hmm. Ah. Um. So, so, so you're the one that was sent. Yes. I. We didn't know it would be you that was here to, you know, greet us. But what is it that you're doing? What you work for, Monique? Oh. Uh, and he looks around the tavern. And he says, "Come." We can talk in my room. Okay. All right, let's go. And he starts leading you up the stairs of the tarnished tack. Tyronicus, are you following? Yeah, I'll follow. As you guys are going up the stairs, Thomas, he grabs you by the torn jacket and he pulls you in and he says, don't look now, Thomas, but I think we're being followed. Why say that if I can't even look? Well, there's just, there's a halfling that is suspiciously close to you. Oh, oh, no, 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 no. He's with us. Oh, an assistant? Yes, yes, he is my assistant, right, Tyronicus? I'm sorry, what? <laughs> yes, this is my very fine senior assistant, Tyronicus. He's been with us on this journey for a little bit, and uh, I'll admit, he's been pretty helpful. Pretty helpful indeed. Ah, yes. Welcome aboard, Tyronicus. And he holds out a hand to you. Right, right. And he, like, shakes it. I hope my nephew gives you good benefits. Um, there are... things... Very well. Things are nice. Things can be nice. This way. And he, he continues leading you up the stairs uh, to the second floor of the tarnish tag. He heads to a room towards the back against one of the exterior walls, and he unlocks the door and lets you in. And it is this comfy little room. There's a decent-sized bed, probably a full in our world. There's a nightstand and a little dresser with a mirror. He seems to have been traveling light. You see a little satchel in the corner and a couple of other personal effects strewn about the room, but not much. Uh, and he says, please, please, uh, have a seat. All right. Uh, Thomas, I... I'm sorry. I wasn't around more for you. You have to understand the loss of... my sister, she... You know, we, uh... Our parents weren't around terribly long in our lives. So, she was... my sister, my best friend. A parent, almost, really. It, it was a difficult loss for me, and I, I, I didn't know what to do about it. And, and I should have... I should have realized you were going through the same thing. It was callous of me. I'm sorry. Right. That was your sister. That was also my mother and my father. And you were the only other family around at the time to have you disappear on me after they died that... 
didn't make too much sense to my 11-year-old brain that was all alone and had no one else to turn to. So you may be sorry, but I don't forgive you. Very well. I cannot change the past, but perhaps I can change the future. Tell me, how did you end up in this business anyway? In the legal business or in this specific where we are right now? Wait, you're a lawyer too? Yes, I'm a lawyer. I'm a very good one, too. (laughs) I guess it runs in the blood, huh? I suppose. Well, like I said, I can't change the past, and I don't expect you to forgive me, but perhaps I can offer you some peace. And then he turns to Tyrannicus and he says, I'm so sorry this is terribly rude of me. Allow me to explain. Senior Assistant Tyrannicus, you see, Thomas here is my nephew. My name is Richard Edgeworth. Oh my, I was not expecting to reveal my identity today, but here we are. You see, my sister, Mia Edgeworth, and her husband, Miles, Miles Phelps, they were killed 15 years ago. As far as the courts were concerned, they were accidental deaths. But it's obvious to anyone who knew them, it was something more than that. I've spent the years since trying to solve the case. You see, after they died, I had a look through their apartment. It was scrubbed clean. Nothing but a few folders missing. However, I found a notebook. Mia's. Really? Yes. And he produces a miniature red leather-bound journal. And he hands it to you, Thomas. Thomas is kind of shaking because finding the truth of what happened to his parents is literally all he wants uh, in life at all. So um, he opens the book and before he reads, he says to his uncle, if you had this the whole time, don't you think it would have been nice to share it with me? Perhaps, although I don't think you would have understood as an 11 year old. You see, to anyone just looking through the apartment, it would have just appeared to be a notebook full of gibberish. And as you look down at the open page... You see exactly what he means. At first glance, it's just a diary. But if you try to read any of the words, they're this just unintelligible scramble of letters. But with the help of a simple cipher, it all starts to make sense. We came up with it when we were kids. By shifting three letters down in the alphabet, you can encrypt a message. And suddenly... That mess of letters became a dossier on one of the greatest crimes ever committed on the continent. No need, Uncle. I have eyes of the runekeeper. I can read this just fine. (laughs) (laughs) What is eyes of the runekeeper? I can read any language. It's not a language, though. Uh It's 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 an encrypted message. The message itself is actually in common. So what you see is like, for example, you'll see... uh, Instead of A, it's like D. Exactly. Uh Uh, But now that your uncle has told you as much... By shifting the letters in the alphabet three places back, you can start to read some of the entries. Okay, here we go. Let's read. No need to read. I will give you the rundown. <laughs> Great. <laughs> Great. <laughs> I was like, oh, I'm going to write this. You are welcome to peruse this on your own time. In fact, I'd like you to have it. I've gleaned what I could from it. I think now it belongs to you. Yeah, no kidding. It took you 15 years to decipher this? It could have taken me 10 minutes. I'm notoriously bad at returning books to the library. (sighs) Fair enough. All right, give me the rundown, please. All right. Miles and Mia. 
They were a lawyer duo. They had spent three seasons working on some big secret case. You see, back in cycle 1209, a number of judges, attorneys, even reclaimers, all disappeared in very quick succession. We're talking a matter of weeks across all regions of Old Mauricia. They suspected some manner of coordinated attack. There were simply too many too quickly for it to be a coincidence. In the worst cases, they'd even caught rumors of reclaimers slaughtering everyone in a courthouse. Judges, lawyers, defendants, jury, everyone. Reclaimers did that? Only in one instance, and only allegedly, but yes. The trouble is, with no central governing body, and with many heads of the court system gone, no one took charge in looking into it. Not to mention, many of the replacements were suspiciously disinterested in taking up the case. They spent seasons gathering information, testimony, rumors, hunting them down, and then they were dead. I can't imagine how much other information they must have had. This was just a journal, a bare-bones overview of the whole case. No names, no real leads. All the serious information must have been scrubbed clean. I know someone must have hit that apartment. I was lost with where to start. The only thing I had to go off was something Mia kept referring to in the last few pages. Time and time again, she mentions the LLC. Oh. LLC. I don't know what it means. I don't know what it stands for. But the last season or so, she keeps referring to the LLC in her diary entries. She's looking for leads and connections. So, here we are. A decade and a half of dead ends and cold trails and favors later. I finally get a hit. A retired lawyer in West Orgea who remembers a proposition made to her one night at a tavern. A man who supposedly promised her a position as a judge in Orgea, courtesy of some new organization called the Lords of Law and Correction. That man? Maximilian Bartholomew Rodriguez Jr. III. What? Oh boy. You know this man? Of course we know Millie. You say that and and your uncle just like coughs really hard. Oh, oh boy. Ugh. Weird. Tyronicus, you know Maximilian? Unfortunately. How? It's a long story. I mean, while we're sharing stories, you might as well tell us, Tyronicus. So, uh, uh, well, since you revealed your entire family's history... As I've awkwardly stood here in the corner of this room, uh, the least I can do is share a little bit of mine. Um, Thomas, you've met my father, yes? Yes, I know Gary quite well. The reason why he's like that, while it is completely my fault, it also is Millie's fault. You say that and you hear thunder outside. Millie turned him into a skeleton? The window in your uncle's room, a crack forms in it. Not quite. Um, Why did Millie do that? Okay, the window completely shatters. Oh boy. We have to stop saying that name. What name, Millie? A patch of hair falls out of your uncle's head. Please stop! Oh. My perfectly coiffed hair. <laughs> so, as I was younger, I've always had 
an affinity for magic. I loved it. It ran through my veins. No one else in my family had it. I, I can't quite understand why I was so gifted with it, but I was just so fascinated with it. And I wanted to learn as much as I could. One day, I ran into a fellow by the name of Maximilian, who offered that he could teach me some magic. So we spent seasons just practicing. It was one of the fondest memories of my life, just learning magic day in, day out. Oh, one day, oh, my mother and father ran into an accident themselves and found themselves um, not alive. And I, I, I couldn't, I couldn't take it up. So I, I, I went to Millie. You hear a very loud scream from downstairs. Um, I, I let him know what happened. And he told me that he, he would be able to help me. Um, he knew of, of a way. He said that I'd be able to bring my parents back. So I trusted him and performed the ritual. And I should say, they didn't quite come back in a way that I thought they would. Uh, my father, as you saw, came back, but he was nothing but a pile of bones. And my mother was anything but. And I was forced to put her down again. And ever since, it's been my goal to take down Millie. A piece of wood from the ceiling above you falls down onto the bed. You see, it turns out the reason why he was so talented in magic is because he's a lich. And the only way to kill a lich is to destroy his phylactery, which is why I've been hunting these things down. Then the rumors are true. Rumors? His lichdom. Yes, they are true. But to see him involved in all of this, I mean, Monique thinks that he's the key in order to defeat our enemies, but you're saying he used to be a lawyer? Well, perhaps he has information. All I know is he came up in association with the LLC at one point in time. The trouble is, there seems to be no mention of him by name anywhere. So, this is starting to look like just another dead end. However, late this summer, Jeremy Beremy, a trusted reclaimer friend of mine in Brookhaven, did a search through the court's documents for me. Back in cycle 1174, there was an arrest of a small mercenary group, essentially just a gang. Brookhaven tried to pin them down for a number of hits that had been executed, along with arson, property damage, and several counts of indecent exposure, but the prosecution didn't get enough time and fumbled it. They ended up settling, but that's not the point. Yeah, yeah. Familiar with that one, Uncle. <clears throat> that's not the point. Guess who was on that roster? Maximilian Bartholomew Rodriguez Jr. Third. Son of a bitch. So finally, we're getting somewhere. If I can't find Maximilian, I've now got a whole roster of others who might be able to point me to him. I found a few. But old age got to them first, because I found them all six feet under. That is, 
until Patrick West. Patrick West was on the roster from 1174. And just last year, cycle 1223, he was convicted of serial murder, currently serving a life sentence in the dungeons of West Orgea. But wait, there's more. As of a season ago, West Orgea has been trying to reopen the case after a number of murders sprung back up in the same place. Problem is, he pled guilty, and he continues to plead guilty. Without his consent to appeal the case, nothing's happening there. Now, I don't know what's going on with West, but if we can crack that nut, maybe, just maybe, we can get him to open up about Maximilian. Then that's what we have to do next. I'm sorry, this was a lot of information all at once. Let me process what we just heard. So, Tyronicus, I I'm so sorry. I didn't know I didn't know any of that, to be honest. I that's terrible. I mean, I could relate. Um I'm glad you sort of have your father back with you, even if it's not in his original state, but you know, that's something, right? I suppose. But listen, Tyronicus, even though this is clearly Maximilian, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, his fault, I'm, sometimes it's better just to let nature take its course and not not force anything, because it's just going to lead to more heartache. And I mean, I'm speaking from experience here. I'm not just going on and on, but I, I am truly sorry. Thank you, Thomas. When this is all said and done, you... I'm going to promote you to my right-hand man because Gary is no longer fulfilling that role. Uh, and to be honest, he didn't do a great job with it. So I will promote you. Thank you, Thomas. But you do know that I don't actually work for you. Well, on the side. I mean, everyone needs a little side hustle. <laughs> Might not be your main occupation, but, you know. Fair enough. And, uh, Uncle, I, so I, I'm actually very familiar with uh, Jeremy Barramy. I may have run into him in really? my travels. Yes. Uh, I didn't realize he was doing all this for you. Uh, it would have been nice to know, but... Kind fellow. He, he could have helped me out a little bit more, if I'm being very honest with you, because he was not... Uh, he was a little wishy-washy when I worked with him, but... Uh, <laughs> Jeremy Barramy. I think I know his cousin, Terrence E. <laughs> but either way, I think our next steps are to visit this Patrick person and, you know, change his mind, as you said. Get him to open up. Agreed. I've been to him before. Uh, I can take you to Judge Russell of West Orgea. It, it won't be easy, I'll tell you that much. But, Uncle, you're saying that my parents' death, all that, their murder, all of that is connected to what's going on with the courts today? Are you saying that Max might be somewhat involved in the death of Thomas's parents? I can't say that for certain. Maximilian, he is the only lead I have after a decade and a half of searching but your mother and father, Thomas, they were good people. They were committed to helping others. And when they saw this, this injustice going on, whatever happened to all these people, all these men and women of the law, well, they dedicated all their time to it. And ultimately, maybe I'm just naive and foolish and unwilling to accept the truth, but I really, really do believe that they gave their lives for this. Someone must have caught wind of their investigation and done what they did. 
I, I just, I feel it in my bones. Well, then it seems like me and you, Tyronicus, both have a reason to go after Millie. That we do. Huh. All right. Um, wow, really? Nothing happened. Interesting. I guess Millie picks and chooses when he wants things to go wrong, huh? <laughs> Damn it. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Th- Thomas, um, your wrist falls off. Ah! No, go back. You try to put it back on, it doesn't reattach. No. Put it back. No. This <laughs> said no. All right. I'm going to put my hand in my pocket. You go to put it in your pocket and it reattaches. Hey. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, but, Uncle, quick question. I mean. Yes. Do you know anything about uh, someone by the name of Hagatha? Hagatha? No, I'm afraid not. Why? Well, she seems to be in control of, well, pretty much Everything. The courts, the judges. Really? All the decision-making that goes on around here, yes. Uh, We may have run into more than one situation, uh, because our our lawyer friend Jessica Felcher is working for her as well and is going around killing people. She's a serial murderer, but um, the point is, Hagatha is the the puppet master here, it seems like, and I was... Hagatha. I'm surprised you don't know her. He pulls out a little notebook and he, and he starts writing. Hagatha. Hagatha what? Christy? Christy. Hagatha Christy. Huh. Where? Where what? Where is she? I don't know. I mean, she appeared to us and then attempted to kill some of us. She killed our wizard friend. That made me very upset. Oh, my condolences. He got us out of there, but... We also have a, another acquaintance who is a goblin, and she seems to be in search of his family. I suppose this runs deeper than I thought, or at least as deep as I thought. Astronica says that he's gonna, like, pull out the pad or I'm gonna see if there's any new messages from Gary. You do not see any new messages at the moment. Alright, I'm gonna tuck that back away. Uh, I would like to draw something, Tyronicus. Ah, go for it. Uh, I'm gonna draw a little swirly. Swirl, swirl, swirl. Sort of like chocolate ice cream. I'm gonna draw three lines coming up from the swirl. And I'm going to draw little flies surrounding the swirl. And have a nice little turd mm-hmm. to end the picture. And send. Bro. Yes, Tyronicus. Give me that. Oh. <laughs> Take that back. Very well. So, where were we? Uh, I believe we we're about to go and see Patrick. Well, it is the middle of the night at the moment, so oh. perhaps we rest for the night and head out tomorrow. That sounds like a good plan. Uh, I, I do only have one bed, but it's quite large. I see. Hmm. Well, you have this chair over here, Yes. Yes. Great. You will sleep in the chair. I will sleep in the bed. He gets in the bed. Okay. Well, Tyronicus, enjoy the chair. And I hop in the bed, too. (laughs) I've slept in worse cases. And you all rest for the night. We're halfway there. Prove it. This, this is the Halftime Ad with Nikki B. All right, everybody, welcome to the Halftime Zone. This is Nikki B. 
And here we go with, uh, we're just going to get you out of here as soon as we got you in here, whatever the hell that means. Today's sponsor is Geek Grind Coffee. They got some great flavors over here at Geek Grind Coffee, like uh, the Dark Harvest and uh, Goblin Gulp, my favorite. But hey, what can you expect when you you get uh, coffee all the way from Fantasy Columbia? No, I'm fucking serious. This shit's... <laughs> Just look on the website, yeah, it's all, it's coming from Colombia and all that shit, it's great. A little family business, Colombian nerds, well, just, they're everywhere, you know? It's a, it's a pandemic, so that's great. Uh, who else can tell us more about that? Probably these nice folks here. Take a listen. Are you looking for a hot cup of joe? Then make it happen with Geek Grinder Coffee, the exciting new app that brings the homosexual joys of coffee with geeky horny twinks in your area. No, 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 diddy, diddy, stop, stop rolling, stop rolling, okay. Oh, it was, was, was that not sexy enough? It, it was, but we want to be inclusive of everyone, you know, and the twinks... It skews a little bit towards the homosexual men, you know, that whole department. Oh, yeah, yeah, okay. This, okay, remember, see. Geek Grind Coffee comes from women-owned farms. Oh, So okay. we want to appeal to the ladies in the crowd. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. Uh, uh, l- can I try again? Can yeah, I take try it again? again, take it again. Okay, okay, okay. The best part of waking up is two geeks grinding their beans together to pump out that fresh okay, cup of cut, coffee. Okay, cut, cut, cut. Okay, um... Jess, uh, Haggy, hi. Love, love working with you both. I think wrong idea, just overall. Okay, um, we're talking about coffee. Okay, it's it's, re- it's just it's just coffee. Oh yeah, geek grinder coffee. Yeah, no, no, no just geek grind coffee. Period. Oh, oh, oh gosh, you know that mm-hmm. this 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 makes so much more sense. Okay, so this isn't a sexy ad at all. Okay, I see. No, I, see. Uh, um, I mean, I, it, I, it could it, be a little sexy, no? No, yeah, it is a little bit. You know, it's um, but it really is just about the coffee, less so about um the uh all all the other parts. You know, we really just want to hit on um, it's you know, just, Haggy did say it is. Oh from dear, women. I don't know. This coffee gets me going. It's quite good. It, no, it's delicious. It's, I mean, it is a hundred percent super premium Colombian coffee, so I would certainly hope it's excellent. Oh, and it's so affordable when you go to geekgrindcoffee.com slash Drembus and get twenty percent off with code Drembus. Did you say twenty percent off with code Drembus? Aye. Oh, well, now that's incredible. Now, uh, uh, Amanda is that—that's your name, right? Yeah, Amanda? yeah, yeah. Ha, that was great. That alone was was really good. Um, can. Oh, oh, should I? Can you just do can that? I, can you I, just say that without the... Without the, without the, without the, uh, the sexy time stuff? Yeah, I mean, you can keep a little bit of the tone in it, but not, not too much of the, you know, the puns are hilarious, okay. but you know what I mean, right? So not like, uh, America might run on Duncan, but, uh, geeks grind on Drimbus? Well, that one's okay. That, that, that one's clever. That, I, 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 that one's clever. That one's G- good. Give that it a good. go, Miss Felcher, and let's, let's just keep it family friendly, yeah? There you go. Family friendly. Good, good, good words. Are you looking for a hot, steaming cup of geeked, grinded moisture coming from those big old fat beans? Cut! 
Geek, geekgrindcoffee.com slash Drimbus. Just, just use cool Drimbus. You'll get 20% off. It's really good coffee. I swear. It's all sourced from women-owned farms. Please, please buy the coffee. Please, please just buy the coffee. It, it, buy the coffee. Thank you. All right, so there we go. And obviously, uh, there is no real fantasy Colombia. I mean, that doesn't disprove Colombian goblins, but uh, Colombian elves are definitely out of the question. So anyway, that's uh, geekgrindcoffee.com slash Drimbus. All right, and use code Drimbus to get 20% off uh, your purchase. Okay? Beautiful. And, uh... What the hell we do now? Oh, we thank you. That's right. All right, everybody. A round of applause for these junkies. Uh, Jerry Benetato, Queso Loco, Victoria Madrid, Greta and Beignet, Alejandro Lopez, Ace Andrews, Thomas Murphy, Emrys Craig, Regina Russell, Morgan Holly, Salty, Adrian Bundy, Sam Olivos, Jordan Cobb, The Unnamed Rogue, John Gillette, Chloe G, Con Air on DVD, NB Star, Stevie B Keys, Doubtful Guest, Michael Richters, Davis Walden, Fina Moonstrider, Denny Dewdrop, and the Myth Mouse. Thank you all so much. See? That wasn't so bad. All right. Goodbye. You all long rest for the night. And you awake on this fine morning, the first of winter, cycle 1224. With the shattered window from earlier, snow has actually made its way into the room around the window. It's on the windowsill, is now lying on a little bit of the floor of the tavern. And uh, your uncle wakes up first and then uh, goes and shakes Tyronicus awake in the chair. Tyronicus! Mm, uh, uh, yes. Good morning. Good morning. And then he leans next to Thomas's ear, but Thomas, since you're in a trance, you can see what he, like everything he's doing. And he goes, Thomas. Thomas. Thomas! I ignore him. Thomas! Thomas! Thomas, no. Thomas, no, 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 no. He grabs you by the ribcage and starts shaking you. Thomas, please! 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 I'm gonna make him suffer for a little bit longer. You can't do this to me. <laughs> I can't take another loss, Thomas. <laughs> I'm gonna snap my fingers, cast Mage Hand. I'm gonna smack Thomas. Oh, oh Tyronicus, jeez. Ow, ow, ow. I was just having a little fun. Calm down. Just making sure you it's a trying times. <laughs> yeah, doesn't feel so nice, huh? Huh, Uncle? To to be all alone in, in a moment of, uh... You need someone, huh? That was very cold, Thomas. It was a little funny. Yeah, no, a little bit, a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> ha. Okay. Um. Oof. Well, I'm I'm going to go wash my face, not because I'm scared or emotional, but because I just woke up. Good day. And he walks out of the room. <laughs> Thomas sneezes. He has a slight snow allergy. <laughs> you and your fucking snow allergies. <laughs> It is I, the Inside Joke Investigator. If you find yourself without context for the previous laughter, allow me to explain. In this instance, Nicholas Palazzo and his snow allergy are referencing winter winters. 
He's absolutely unhinged and inconsistent character from the Back to Basics Patron Bonus series, in which he plays a half-elf who is constantly changing size, fits in a fanny pack, and is allergic to snow. Winter Winters can also be seen in the Dungeons & Drimbus Christmas special, How the Grinch Stole Drimbus. And that's been today's Inside Joke of the Day. Uh, well, Tyronicus, let's head downstairs. Lead the way. Okay. You head downstairs, and the downstairs of the Tarnished Tack is still bustling with people. However, it's much less rowdy. You feel like there's probably a couple of hungover people hanging around, people enjoying breakfast. You see lots of people with little uh, wooden bowls full of soup eaten. And after a few minutes, your uncle uh, comes down. He looks far more refreshed. He's in a nice, like, like shiny, dark blue suit with little ruffles sticking out the front. You can barely see the suit, though, because it is underneath that big brown cloak that he wears. And then he comes up to you and he says, All right, are we ready to go? Yep, lead the way. Very well. Have you horses? That we do. Rainbow! All right, you step outside and you see your uncle says, Noble! And uh, a big black horse comes towards him from one of the hitching posts. Mm. Nobu? Yes. I don't know about that name, uncle. I would have named him something different. I beg your pardon. He's no Megan, I'll tell you that. But if you were given like three <laughs> options to name him, like Nobu might have been my second choice, but certainly not my first. Well, what's your horse's name? Well, my horse's name, my horse's name is Popcorn, but my current stallion is named Ice Cream. <laughs> but that mare that you have right now, mm, Nobu ain't it. He looks more like a soda. You're very callous, nephew. Tronicus, like, says himself, like, runs in a family, I see. (laughs) Very well. We shall mount up. All right. Hop on Rainbow. Your uncle takes the reins and says, Nobu! Yeah! Ice cream! Yeah! And you all ride out. The court of Western Orgea is roughly a three-hour ride from the town of Lycos. As you pull up, you see a courthouse that actually looks a lot like the Eastern Orgaic courthouse. The architectural style is almost identical. Where the round pillars of East Orgea are ridged and white marble, the pillars of West Orgea are smooth and colored. The whole courthouse is actually quite colorful, with soft pastel blues, greens, and purples. And he says, very well, we're here. I trust you know how to conduct yourself in a court? Yes. Of course. Um, yeah. All right. We'll go talk to Judge Russell. I'm sure she won't give us any trouble. Then, if all goes well, I can get you in to see Patrick. I warn you, he has not been very amenable to my advances in the past. All right. Well, he'll be amenable to mine. Very confident. I like it. Tyronicus, have you been in court before? Uh, I can't say that I have. Very well. Follow our lead. No, follow my lead. Didn't follow my lead. No. My lead. Well, I'm I'm le- I'm leading. He says as he walks up the steps of the courthouse. <laughs> I, I, and Thomas kind of like does a little jog towards the door. Well, I'm going through the door first. Tronicus slips through them. <laughs> this walks in front of them. Very well. It is customary for an assistant to hold the door open for their uh, ass- uh, employer. Well, it is customary for the boss to hold the door open for his assistants. As he is a gentleman. Well, it's customary for the boss to get coffee for everyone. And he runs up to a table where you see a Skathari, this like big insect person. And he says, Rupal, please 
Three coffees. Plenty of sugar. Yes, very good, assistant. Make sure you put extra sugar in mine. And I'm going to walk towards Tyronicus, towards the, the courtroom doors. Oh, no, Tyronicus. No need to concern yourself with Thomas's order. I got it. Me, the boss. Oh, I was talking to you, uncle. Oh, <laughs> a little role play, I see. Very good. Good for your training. One day, perhaps you will be the boss. And Rupal uh, just kind of like eyes all of you. They have like those compound eyes. So it's just like scanning over all of you. You see it twitching like left and right based on who's talking. And they go, okay. <laughs> They seem to know Richard Edgeworth's order as they make black coffee with just plenty of sugar. And they pull out three and they go, Enjoy. Thank you very much. Assistance? And he holds out two cups. Oh, where's our second assistant? Just just take the coffee, Thomas. Oh, thank you very much. You're welcome. Thank you. I'm, I'm more of a tea guy myself. Oh, please try it. You'll love it. Oh, I'll take his cup then. I will. <laughs> All right, fine. You get that temporary plus one to dexterity. Yes. Do I get plus two because I had two coffees? No. No. And then he turns to Rupal and says, Rupal, your finest tea, please. Okay. They seem to have multiple little sacks of leaves and they pull it out, bind it in this cheesecloth and then steep it in this hot water and says, here you go. Thank you very much, Rupal. Tea for Tyronicus. Yes. Our letter of the day. T. Ah, ah, ah. I get it. Ha, 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 Very well. To the judge. All right. We walk in. <laughs> you all head down the halls of the courthouse. And again, it's very, very similar to the Eastern Orgaic Courthouse. Just more colorful. You actually see a lot more artwork hung up around here. But eventually you go up to the double doors and there seems to be a reclaimer there. Dressed in this deep blue, very simple leather armor. And Richard goes, Yelena, pleasure to see you again. May we proceed? And Yelena nods and opens the door to the judge's chambers. All the way at the far end, behind the judge's bench, you see this orange and black grung, a frog humanoid, dressed in a judge's robes with the big wig and a monocle over her left eye. And you see Richard holds out both hands and he goes, Aji, how are you? Richard, it's a pleasure to see you again. Oh, you're looking fine as ever, I must say. Oh, stop it. You, you're always such a charmer, Richard. Well, we're here to talk to you about, you know. Mr. West again? Y yes. Oh, okay. Well, uh, who, who are your friends? Ah, yes. Well, this is my nephew. Uh, I am Mr. Uh, Paul. Paul Telps. That's my name. <clears throat> Paul Telps. Yes. Yep. Your nephew. Y yes, mm -hmm. on my brother's side. Yep. Telps is my birth last name. Edgeworth felt more edgy, professionally speaking. And this is his assistant. Uh, Jiro. Yes. Paul and, and Jiro. And I am Richard. Ed Edgeworth. But Telps. Uh, but Edgeworth. Uh, okay, well, uh, yeah. Welcome. Anyways, we've come to talk to you about uh, Mr. West. Yes? Oh, yeah. So, um, please, God. Look, the town's been petitioning me nonstop. I mean, look, clearly West's case wasn't handled correctly. After his arrest, the attacks at the past stopped. But we've been getting more and more missing people the last three weeks. If you can get him to agree, 
The contract's yours. Very well. We'll do our best. Take as much time as you need, and, and let me know if you need anything. Very well. Um, thank you. The, the Reclaimers will let you in. They know you by this point. Yes. Well, just wanted to run it by you first, Judge. Thank you. No, any time. A pleasure meeting you, Mr. Uh, Paul? Yep. You too. And, uh, Jiro. Quiet. I hope we'll see more of you in the court. Uh, yeah, maybe. <laughs> Only time will tell. All right. Good luck. Uncle, I'm sorry I had to do that. Uh, we don't know who knows us and where, and um, there may be people trying to find us, so um, we can't be using our real names around here. Understood. Okay, so I think the best cover from now on is that you're both my assistants. No, 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 that, that won't be necessary. That's all right. You know, Paul helps. No, no, if they're trying to find Thomas Phelps and I say that you're my nephew, well, then they might very well find out by association who you are. That's true. Maybe we're, we're long-lost brothers or... Or you're my assistant. Maybe you're commissioned mm. by me. Well, I mean, too, too, too many people know me and my work as a, as a solo practitioner. They wouldn't believe me taking an assistant's position. Oh, Not after I, all these years. I understand. We could be co-working together then as two separate mm. law firms just collaborating on this case. Yes, yes, yes. Co-working. You know, me as the lead. Since you haven't been able to get the job done with Patrick West here all by yourself. So you needed to commission our help to, um, yes, to yes, do this for you. Commission and commission someone to assist me. Yes, like right, an, uh, right. Toronto is perfect. Yes, Jiro could assist yeah. you, mm-hmm. and um, yes, great. Uh, as could you. Yes, right. I don't. Well, I don't know about that one. Yeah, but, you're, you're assisting um, me, right? Because I could, I couldn't get the job done, so you came to assist me. Yes. Well, I certainly didn't need to assist you in kissing that judge's ass. That's for sure. Oh, certainly. No, I'm very good at that. Right. Right. Anyway, shall we go see Patrick? Very well. Assistance, this way. To the dungeon. Assistant, come. Let's go. Dragon's like, looks around. He's like, ah. <laughs> you guys go to, there are these double doors in the back, and Richard gives the reclaimer a nod, and they open the door, and you begin heading down this spiral staircase, and he says, now, Patrick is serving a life sentence here. He's been serving it for the last year. As we said, he pled guilty to the murders. Trouble is, he won't change his plea, despite whatever's been happening now at the pass. Uh, So, I don't know. Work your magic, I guess. All right. Well, here we go. You guys have this chat, and you make it down the spiral staircase, and there's this dank dungeon. And you head down one of the cells, and one of the uh, reclaimers kind of looks at Richard. Richard gives him a nod. They pull out this ring of keys, and they go over to one of the cells and begin to unlock it. And you see, sitting there, uh, his arms up above his head, chained to the wall, just sitting on the ground, is this large silver werewolf. He looks up at you with yellow glowing eyes, and he goes, You again. What do you want? Hello again, Patrick. Welcome. Uh, This is Paul Telps, my assistant, and Jiro. His assistant. Well, it's more of a collaboration than an assistance, per se, but... Yes, yes, yes. They are here to assist me. Assist you with what? Well, with your case, of course. I've already told you. I'm guilty. What more do you want? Why do you say you're guilty, Patrick? Because I killed them. I think you and I both know that you did not do that. Based on what, exactly? Who are you? Well, as my uncle, or my assistant just said, uh, 
I am Mr. Paul Telps. Not your name, nitwit. Can I do an insight check on him saying kill him, he killed him? Sure. 21. <laughs> you immediately get the feeling that he's lying. Okay. Hmm. Based on what you said, based on the facts that are laid before us, based on the fact that there's people still going missing. So if you're in here, yeah, people are still- well, Thornthrope Pass is a dangerous place. Could be any number of other things. Right. Could those other things be what was killing them in the first place and not you? Couldn't be, because I'm here and I killed them. All of them. Why are you so ready to admit that? That feels very strange. I don't mind owning up to what I've done. Hmm. I find that interesting because I can already tell that you didn't actually do this. You don't believe that you did this. <laughs> Do you know how many attorneys have come here trying to convince me to reopen my case to appeal, to live a lie? Sarah Gelman, Richard Druckmann, Nadja Tanakis, Luis Acevedo, Frida Porter, all of them. I did it. End of story. You see, my friend, I'm not an attorney, and I don't particularly care about your case, but I do know that you are in here falsely. Why? Who is behind this? Me. If you want to rot in jail for the rest of your life, that's fine by me, but we need to know who's actually committing these murders. Ooh, nice, Jiro. I told you it was me. You can't do it if you're in jail and people are dying now. Well, then someone must have taken up the mantle. I'm going to snap my fingers and do detect thoughts. He gets a 10. Nice. It says, you initially learn the surface thoughts of a creature, what's most on its mind in that moment. As an action, you can either shift your attention to another creature's thought or attempt to probe deeper in the same creature's mind. If you probe deeper, target must make a wisdom saving throw, which we just did. If it fails, you gain insight into its reasoning, if any, its emotional state, and something that looms large in its mind, such as something it worries over, loves, or hates. If it succeeds, the spell ends. So here's what happens. You cast Detect Thoughts. And the first thing you hear from Patrick's mind is, fuck off. You just hear fuck off over and over. Like, if he's telling himself anything in his head, it's just fuck off, fuck off, fuck off, fuck off, fuck off, fuck off, fuck off. However, you then take the turn to probe deeper. And as you probe deeper, you sense, yes, frustration, a bit of anger, perhaps a little aggression, But the most looming feeling that washes over you is one of worry. And while you may not be able to get, you know, a clear history of all of his thoughts, the main thing that sticks out to you as you feel this worry is the idea of family. Okay. So, Patrick, you're clearly lying to us. What we want to know is why. Why are you doing this? Why are you protecting the true murderer, right? There has to be a reason for it. Tronica is going to look Patrick in his eyes, and I'm like, who's threatening your family? <laughs> what family? Trust me, 
a very good inkling that you're worried about something that has to do with your family and you're protecting someone. Now, who are you protecting, Patrick? We're trying to put the bad guys away. Also, John, this is like act each turn you can like roll to end it, but it's just like active. Okay, if you continue to concentrate on this detect thoughts, you bring up the idea of his family and and you just hear fuck in his head. <laughs> and the worry kind of seems to grow a little stronger. We know where your family is, Patrick. Roll a deception for me. 15. You stay the fuck away from them. Did he think about where they are? <laughs> you immediately get an image of a den. Like a like a den in a cave somewhere. Is your family in Thornthrope Pass? What do you want? The truth, Patrick. That's what we've wanted all along. Just leave, just leave them alone. Leave them alone. What do you want? We'll leave them alone, Patrick. You just need to tell us the honest truth about what's going on here. We want to protect your family as well, Patrick. We're trying to put the bad people away. Now, who is behind this? Is it Hagatha? You don't want to protect my family. You're lawyers. You just want the payday. I am not a lawyer. I am, but I also don't just want the payday. I do want to help you, but I'm, I'm a lawyer. You can help me by leaving my family out of this. We don't even need to come in contact with your family if you tell us who's behind this. It is my job to put people who misuse magic away, Patrick. Now tell us who did this. Patrick, what if we could keep your family out of this? What if we could get them out of this situation that they may be in? How? How can you promise me that? I have some very powerful people behind me. We can have them protected. You just need to plead not guilty. You need to help us find the truth and put the murderer, whoever it may be or whoever they may be, behind bars, and we will protect your family. If I plead not guilty, you promise me you keep my family out of this case, no matter what. I promise. I'm not a lawyer. Shake my hand. Uh... You said my hand reattached to its wrist, right? Yes, it did. <laughs> okay, I will reach out my hand. <laughs> okay, you put your little skeletal hand in his big, meaty werewolf claw, and you feel those claws click as they grasp your bones. I shudder a little bit. He says, break this deal, and I will go to the ends of the earth to ruin you and everything you love. Oh, boy. It's a lot of pressure. <laughs> Is it hot in here, guys? I think it's quite pleasant. Oh, well, just me then. All right. We promise, though, Patrick. I can't give you the murderers. Plural? Yes. Does it involve the LLC? No. What is that? Never mind. Don't worry about it. I can't give you the true murderers because it's them. Oh, yeah. Oh, no. Your family? They're the murderers? Yes. Oh, boy. But you didn't kill anyone. I'm the only one that still had the courage to live in human society after what happened. I see. Lycans like us. Werewolves. We are not exactly favored by the humans. And... Several moons ago, we had a pup. Ah, uh, Trent. He... He was killed in wolf form by a hunter from the town. I had spent moons 
many moons as the alpha of the pack, trying to control them. They didn't understand the benefits of living in society. They, they said we're more powerful than anyone here. Why, why do we follow their rules? But I kept them under control. But when Trent was killed, that was the end of it. They demanded revenge. And so they got it. But then beyond that, their hunger was unsatisfiable. They decided to leave town. They have a den in Thornthrop Pass. And uh, while I was around, I made them promise to keep the killings to the full moons when their hunger was worst. But apparently, with me gone, there is no one left to keep them in check. They're angry. They're hurting. They're starving. Society would never welcome them. Look, I, I was there. I never did anything. And I was immediately the first person blamed for the murders. Why? Because I'm a werewolf. Because I didn't bother to hide it. My conviction, Trent's death, all of it, it only serves to strengthen their beliefs. I don't know what else to do. And you took the blame to protect them? Yes. I was hoping it would make them reconsider. Clearly, it did not last long. Clearly not. Once a murderer, always a murderer. That's but my family you're speaking of. Your family, they murdered people, Patrick. I'm not condemning you. You did all you could to help them and to help the people who died. But listen, I, I promised you we would keep them out of it. And that's what we'll do. The truth of the matter is you did nothing wrong. We will get you out of here. But if we do that, I need you to promise me something. And what is that? As soon as you're free... You need to take your family and get them out of here. There will be no more killings. You have my word. Right. Oh, uh, and also one more small thing. Your accomplice, Maximilian. What? Uh, 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 that's a little more than I got last time. We want to know where he is. I have not heard from Maximilian in many cycles. But do you know where he is? I might. Well, you get us off. No, you don't get us off. We get you off. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, I can still detect his thoughts. <laughs> detect it now. Detect it now. <laughs> Unless you want to try to roll against it. Uh, let's see. Let's see. He's going to try and push you out of his brain. He rolled worse. <laughs> we get you off. You tell us where he is. And Tyronicus you see the image of a castle somewhere. Oh, yeah, that's right. Okay. Very well. But if you fail, you know what's coming to you. Yes? Yeah, yeah, we know. All right. Get out of my face. Okie dokie. Goodbye. This has been Your Honor. Your Honor features the vocal talents of Nicholas Palazzo as Thomas Phelps and T.J. Berry as Tyrannicus. The rest of the world is voiced by your DM, Giancarlo Herrera. This episode was edited and sound designed by Giancarlo Herrera. 
If you'd like to support the show, consider checking out the links in the show notes. Or go to patreon.com slash Our patrons get access to exclusive perks like our after-the-show show, After the Drimbus, free exclusive merch, bonus series, and the chance to create items for the show or have NPCs named after you. Oh, and don't forget to tweet using hashtag Drimbus to be entered to win a free Dungeons & Drimbus sticker. Thank you so much for listening, and I do declare, I'll see you all next week. The Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish. Hello, and thanks for calling the arena. If you know your party's extension, you can dial it at any time. If your psychiatrist has gone missing, press 3. Press 3. That sounds ill-advised. Life is about choices, man. You and I both suffer from a very rare form of mental illness, right? Yep. Yep, that's us. I'm just saying, we're probably not the best private investigators, since we don't know what's real. The waitress at the Chinese restaurant, she told me that I needed to complete three trials to find Sadler. Okay, but how long have you been out of your meds? Three trials. The arena, the old factory, the inventor's basement. The inventor's basement. Exactly. Mama, I met someone today. You're not going to believe this. Half spider, half human. You all have this disorder. We call it the imperfection. Okay, so we just got off the train at a stop called East River between East Broadway and York Street, which I'm pretty sure doesn't exist. We are not a cop show, Charlie. Uh, I know that, but we're friends, and I need my friends. How sure are you that these things are actually happening in real life? It seems like reality can be a little slippery. Charlie! Charlie! They're on my face! Amber, Amber, stop, 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 stop it, stop these it. fucking spiders, they are everywhere. Ah! The Imperfection, an audio drama in nine parts, produced by Wolf at the Door Studios. Out now. For more information, please visit WLFDR.com.